beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Without Ray J, where would the Kardashians be? The answer is nowhere. So that is the energy we are bringing into this episode of Smut Club. Welcome. I'm Hannah. I'm Chelsea. Honestly, I don't even know if the intro to the show has already happened because you really just jumped in and there may be some editing. So (laughs) hello. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, We were having a really existential debate on where the Kardashians (laughs) would be without Ray J's involvement. Yeah. Um, And Chelsea's husband decided to hit play. And so now- Or record or whatever the fuck. (laughs) Here we are. I really don't have an answer, except I do feel like Ray J does not give get enough credit for the impact he he's made on their lives. He doesn't. He deserves a lot more than he's gotten. Although I do also think of Moesha, who, is it his stepsister, real sister? I think it's a, it is his sister. I she, just remember- it. She is she his is sister. His sister. Sorry. Um, well, no, I just remember when Moesha was on Punked, and she did oh not handle my that well. God. No, she didn't. No, she that was no. not a good look on her. Like some people, like I feel like Punk was really the make or break. Like, are they gonna take it in stride or are they gonna show out? She showed. She really did. Um, much like the book we're gonna review today. <laughs> so here's the thing, guys. Hannah and I need a lot of alcohol for this episode. Hannah's wine glass is missing. Um, I can't do anymore. I can't. I I literally pounded the glass that I had in preparation for this, and it's going to have to just do for what's going to ha- happen. You know, I respect your moderation and knowing your body's limits. Thank you. I poured myself more <laughs> before we started, but I also didn't pound mine before we started. So I 100% Different approaches. Mine. I am regretting not pounding mine, but I also- There's still time. Well, here's the thing, Hannah. I had a speech impediment as a small child. <laughs> we know I struggle with the word woof. And wolf. wolf. And- I recognize I slur easily, so I have more. I have to take more of a paced approach and just drink continuously throughout the episode because, like, you can pound beforehand and be fine throughout it. If I, I pound beforehand, I'm just gonna sound like this, and then the, my words are gonna slur, and <laughs> I don't want them to slur. Well, I also have to drive eventually, so that's also part of it. I wasn't, I think that is also a wise decision. I wasn't even thinking of driving. I was just thinking of trying to sound like a competent human while we recorded this episode. However, no one in this book that we're going to review today is competent, but we haven't even told you what book it is yet because honestly, (sighs) yeah, like we were always like, whoo, this one is gonna be a book to get through. So today we are doing a joint review of Rock by J.A. Huss. Um, Mm -hmm. it is worth just stating straight out the gate. This entire book was inspired by Constantine, by something corporate. Um, like, and their lead singer, Andrew McMahon. Yes. And, um, the nine and a half minute 
piano rock ballad that is Constantine. And mind you, I'm a big Something Corporate fan. I'm a big Jack's Mannequin fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I'd say, like, Constantine was never the song I gravitated towards well, in all of that. And I said this earlier. I feel like the only reason, and again, like, don't at me about this, but I feel like the only reason that Constantine was, like, as popular as it was, was literally because Andrew McMahon refused to play it. And the reason that he refused to play it, y'all, is not because he was like, this is my deeply personal ballad that I can never play. It's because it was too long and it was going to fuck up his set. Like he said that in an interview. It wasn't that it was like too much to play live. It was just going to mess up the set. It feels like we have a lot of feelings. I have like, so I feel like many we're like feelings. Coming out hot. All right. So, and also, what I pounded before we started is starting to hit. So, okay. <laughs> so, Rock by J. A. Huss. Rock is our main character. Other names that he goes by are Rowan Kyle, which does not roll off the tongue. I want to be very bit. clear. And R. K. So, which depending, also doesn't roll off the tongue. No. So we've got Rock, Rowan Kyle, or R. K. Um, he is the lead singer and frontman for the wildly popular band Son of a Jack. Yep. And so in the prologue, he is describing laying in bed with this girl named Missy and talking about how much he loves her. And it's very short, but he's like, I just love her so much. Like, she's going to be my one and only forever. I'm going to marry this girl. And then the final sentence of the prologue is, so why did I kill her? And dun, that's dun, how dun. we start. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, almost every chapter in this book, it ends in a way that that is the music that I had going on in my head. Um, and I, I mean, so... A lot of the books that we have reviewed are light on the plot. You know, like it's mostly banging and like a little bit of plot in there, which is fine because yeah. this is Smut Club and that's it's what, what we're we do. literally here for. That is the first rule as previously established is that we talk about smut. But in this one, it's like J.A. Huss was like, how much plot can I put into this without having a plot? Well, and it feels like there it's less that there's plot and more that it's just like the mystery of what's going to happen in, in the next chapter. Like the yeah. the tension of suspense was really driving the plot more than there was a plot. Because I also <laughs> feel like at the end of this book, you're like, wow, we wrapped that up real quickly. And yet I feel like a lot of things are left completely unanswered here. Yeah, we've got a lot that is unresolved in this. So I guess instead of warning you of what's to come, we can just hop in. And it's also worth knowing, all right, we got Rock, Rowan, Kyle, RK. He's going to answer to all three. He really uses the names depending on who he's with. So like the people he grew up with, he is Rowan, Kyle. The people who know him as a superstar rock god know him as Rock. Close personal friends call him RK. Yes. And it's also worth noting, he is a recovering addict. Which kills me, y'all. It, oh, we'll get, we'll get Yeah, there's a lot there. It just kills me. Um, But what we kind of know going in is that he's in recovery 
for opiates. Opiates and had his bandmates had forced him into rehab last year. And there's there's more to unpack there. Um, but that's kind of where we're jumping in. Um, yeah. So in the first chapter, he goes home to some small town in Colorado. Yes. So eight weeks ago, um, what we know at this juncture is eight weeks ago, there was a car crash that killed his entire band. Except for except the drummer. for his drummer, Kenner, mm-hmm. um, who he has not been in contact with. Um, Rock, Rowan Kyle, RK, has been in rehab for the last eight weeks. And we know his throat was injured in this yeah, accident. Yeah, so he's not in, in, in rehab for substances. He's in rehab for his phase three larynx fracture. <sighs> <laughs> Wait, what? I missed that. Yeah. I so, thought it was a like a hybrid. He was there both because of his larynx fracture and because of his sub his history of substance use. No, so I literally just finished listening. Hannah, I just finished reading it this morning. <laughs> Shit. When I got here, like as oh, I was no. pulling in Chelsea's driveway. Fuck. So he has, by his report, eight months clean from opiates. Yes. And so he's not in rehab for substances. He is in rehab for like physical therapy type rehab for the injuries he sustained in this accident. They are not nearly clear enough about this. I've read this book twice. <laughs> and Which I don't... is too many times. <laughs> Honestly, you're not wrong. I feel like most of Hannah and I's text threads have been... Damn, we are still rereading this one. Because <laughs> um, also in like with the backstory that we like have to have going into this, um, the the girl from the prologue, Missy, is a twin. Yes, her name is also Melissa. Yes. So she goes by both Melissa and Missy, which is in case you weren't confused enough by Rowan, Kyle, RK, Rock. Well, and so then to make it even more confusing, Missy, Melissa is a twin. Identical. Identical twin, and her twin's name is Mel. So you, you like, you think- Melanie, you have, yeah. Right? So you have Melissa and Melanie, who you think could both <laughs> be nicknamed Mel, because it is the first three letters of both of their first names. Just throwing that out there. But instead, we have Mel and Melissa, who are identical twins. Yes. Um, And Rock- survived the crash that killed Melissa five years ago. On prom night. On prom night. So yeah. that's a trauma we gonna come back to. Again and again. Ooh, more than you want to, more than I want to, <laughs> more than anyone wants to. Yes. So he, in the first chapter, he comes home to this small town in Colorado for the first time in five years. The first time since Melissa's funeral, he comes home. And he gets to his house and... And his... So it's the house that, like, he had grown up in. Yeah. And his dad passed away last year. Yeah. He did not go home for the funeral. Yes, he did not go home for the funeral. And the house was left to Rowan, Kyle, RK, Rock. And (laughs) the... His dad also had a bar called Floats, which was left to RK's brother, TJ. Toby John, which also doesn't roll off the tongue. No, like who named them? J.A. Yeah. Husted, Lord somebody, Help us. somebody drunk, right? So 
Rock is released to his home that he inherited from his father. Mm-hmm. His father is no longer living. And Rock's brother, TJ, inherited Floats, which is the family bar, essentially. Yes. And RK has been essentially like not house arrest, but county arrest. So he's not allowed to leave the county where his hometown is in for the time being. Yes, there's an investigation because of the death of his bandmates. And so he has been told he can't leave the county until the investigation is over. So like he gets to his house and then Melissa, not Melissa, Mel, I'm gonna, they are so confusing this entire book. Lord help us all. So Melanie shows up at his house and is on just like full of angst, like comes out swinging. Super bitchy. Honestly, yeah. I feel like most of their their interactions, I'm like, neither of you, all right, if we're just like going full Gottman theory, like if we're going <laughs> full like couples counseling, I'm like- We have all four horsemen. We really do have all four <laughs> horsemen. Man, that joke is going to be for a select few, but the ones who get it will love it. Um, But- Like, I feel like one of the things that John and Julie Gottman talk a lot about is how you engage in conflict is representative of how that conflict is going to potentially resolve. Because if you come out swinging, it's going to be way harder to resolve conflict, right? right? It's just going to escalate further. Yes. And I feel like that's just, like, what happens this entire book. Yeah. Is, I'm like, no one is wanting to come into these conversations to just have, like, normal conversations. So No one's here to resolve anything. Right? It's like Melanie just like shows up and is full of all of this angst. Um, And it's like, I have a lot I've been wanting to say to you all this time. Yeah. And Rock like flips out when he first gets home and takes a sledgehammer to some like concrete blocks that are in the garage or something. And so Mel finds him on his knees in the garage and he has just let out this like, guttural scream, which is unwise because of his phase three larynx fracture. I got really stuck on that. I was like, is that a thing? I had to look it up. It is a thing. And I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, what the fuck? It's soft tissue damage. It can't be a fracture. Fractures are for bones, whatever. That's, I shouldn't get stuck on that. That's not going to be the largest plot hole we experienced (laughs) today, but it is an important one. So Melanie lays in to RK, Rock, Rook. Why do I keep wanting to call him Rook? That's not even his name. Lord help us. Rock. That's just, I'm going to, I'm choosing one of his three names because I'm not going to say Ro and Kyle each time. Yeah. And so Melanie lashes out at him. And then honestly, I don't fully remember, but like then he goes to floats. So he goes to his brother's bar. Well, we're missing something important. So she follows him into the house and she's like, you're going to talk to me. And he like makes motions that he can't because of his throat. And then they like hate fuck on the floor. And it, right? Probably. I'm pretty sure that's I couldn't the remember first if that night. was that one or the next time that they interacted, but I think you're right. I'm pretty sure it's the first time. And he's like, I hate you because you're not her. Like right after she oh, or I think that might be slightly in the future. Never I mind. Think I, yeah, that's but that's gonna happen real soon though. So it's My pretty bad. much the same. My bad. So he does go to uh, floats trying to find drugs for well, the pain. 
But also like to say hi to his brother and his brother, much like Mel. Also a dick. Just like such a dick, completely lays into him. I'm not a fan of TJ this entire time. No, he's, he's an, an asshole ass. this entire book. So then like RK had gone to his brother's bar to see him and they're like, you're just here for drugs. And then he goes to the liquor store instead because that's what you want to have happen. Yeah. But honestly, at the liquor store, he gets the best referral because the kid working at the liquor store is like my, was it his uncle? Yeah. He's like, my uncle's an ENT in the next town over and he can help you with your throat issues. And RK's like, thumbs up. Thanks, buddy. Right? So, I mean, how many of us go to the liquor store and leave with a referral for a new ENT? And the guy does also offer him weed. But RK's like, I, I can't smoke. I can't smoke my, my throat. throat. Yes. Um, so then within all this, we learn more about the band and the bandmates. So Kenner is the drummer. Kenner yep. survived. And RK- Had a lot of injuries. Had, yes, had a lot of injuries. But RK and Kenner are the OG to the band. Yep. And then after they had decided they wanted to start a band, then you had Ian Moe. And Elias. Yes, and Elias join. Um, but what we currently know is that Elias, Ian, and Mo are dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And RK believes that he was driving and drove his car off a, yes. a cliff or something and killed the three of them and injured himself and Kenner. So he has all of this trauma because he's like, Melissa died on prom night because of me in a car crash. And now all of my bandmates have died because of me in a car crash five years later. Um, so when RK gets home from the liquor store, Melanie is in his bed. Yep. And then he screams for her to get out of the house. And then she, like, while he's screaming, he's like, get out. She's, like, stripping and is, like, why don't you feel me up instead? And then RK is, like, oh, she sounds so much like her dead sister who I was in love with. So I'm just going to get into this instead. And then that, yeah. my dear, is when they hate fuck. And sure. then when she's, like, I hate you for leaving. And he's, like, I hate you for not being the one that I want. Right. So then she pus pushes him off of her. And it's very clear that she comes during this, but it's not clear if he comes. And in the second reread, I was like, does he not? Does he not? I got the impression he did not. Like, I, I got, me too. Yeah. No, I definitely got the impression that, like, they were mid hate fuck. She finished. They got into a fight while his dick was inside of her. Right, and then she pushes him off and leaves. Like, slaps him across the face. Yeah, like, kicks leaves. him off of her. And he's Although, like, I mean, to be fair. fair, yeah, like, if I had an identical twin sister and I were fucking a <laughs> dude and he was like, I hate you for not being the sister I want, I would probably not respond great to that either. No, he had poor timing. If he wanted to finish, he should have saved that for later. <laughs> <laughs> He has only himself to blame here. <laughs> so then he calls his manager, Jace. Mm -hmm. um, Jace is like a tiny sprite of a human that gets, Very feisty. Like, yeah, like, kicks butt, takes names. I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. she's, they all love her. Um, but then Jace is like, I have to report that you're home if you don't want the sheriff issuing a warrant for your arrest. And then 
But like, we don't really know, we don't understand all of these threats and we don't really understand right. what's happening. And Why we know, is he being arrested? Right, then we know Kenner has woken up, but Kenner doesn't remember anything Yeah, so Kenner is texting Rock and he's like, what the fuck is happening? Don't leave me here. He tries to call him and Rock is like, I can't talk right now. Like physically. <laughs> yes, he's like, my throat is broken. And Kenner's like, please come see me. And then Jace calls and is like, no more communication with Kenner. Yeah, she's like, Kenner's confused and need, needs time to recover. So no more communication. Um, Which we don't think anything of right now. But then mm-hmm. like in the future, you're like, that's a little weird. So then- the next chapter starts, and it's just this, like, super hard pivot where RK wakes up to knocking on his car window because he's sleeping in his running car on a Monday morning in yeah. the parking lot for the ENT doctor that the liquor store kid referred him to. Yeah. And all this happens on a Saturday night, so he's lost all of Sunday. And the ENT is like, I don't have a ton of appointments this morning. Like, do you want to come in? Like, let me take a look at you, Rock. And so he does. He goes in and the guy does an evaluation. He's like, you've clearly exacerbated your injury. Were you doing a lot of yelling? And he was like, maybe a little bit. And he was like, well, cut that shit out and gives him a prescription for anti-inflammatories and opiates. And he's like, I am not here to dictate whether or not you can manage your pain. Um, But please don't fill this unless you need to. And then he's also like, and here's a referral for a licensed therapist. She's upstairs. A licensed psychologist. She's, her credentials are LP. PhD, LP. So yes, licensed psychologist. Although I have a lot of questions about her ethics that will come to in the future. So... Yes, he gets this referral. Then he goes to the pharmacy, picks it up, gets home. He does not fill the opiates. He only fills the anti-inflammatories. Valid. Good. Good point. Way to give him credit. I'm trying to do something. Uh, Why? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anymore. Honestly, that's okay. So he gets home from filling the anti-inflammatory, not the opiate prescription. Um, Once again, to find Mel in his bed. And so, sleeping. yeah, she's like completely sleeping in his bed. And so he's like, well, I guess I'm going to go take a shower. And then when he gets out of the shower, she's gone. She's gone. But then he starts to notice like a lot of her belongings throughout his house. So then he decides he's going to go over to her house to confront her. Yes. Um, but then we go to a flashback mm-hmm. where we learn that Mel and Missy with their twin status, <laughs> um, Mel would frequently pretend to be Missy. Yeah, so Mel tried to convince Rock that she was Missy to go on some kind of, like, weekend trip with him. And Missy shows up while Rock is kissing Mel, and he's like, wait a minute, who? Wh- what the fuck is happening? Like, you are not Missy. And she's like, it was worth a try. And, like, leaves and he's like what the fuck is happening right now and we learned that like she's done this a lot there have been times where they look where they have like cottoned on to it quickly there have been times where you just never really know which twin it was so we have that flashback just like suddenly learning like 
Melissa would pretend to be Missy on an ongoing basis. Melanie would pretend to be Missy. What did I say? Melissa. Melissa would pretend to be Missy. Melissa L- is Missy. Whatever. <laughs> what the fuck is this book? They are the same. They're both Mel. God damn it. Like, I'm like, they could have named these characters in such an easier capacity. Yes. Come on, I apologize. J-A. Damn it. Melanie mm-hmm. was pretending to be Melissa. Yes. Mel was pretending to be Missy. Yes. And we, we don't know how often she did it, but... It, for all intents and purposes, it seems as though she pretended to be her twin a lot. Yes. And then we flash back to the present, and I don't know what happens. It's a lot. So back to the present, um, Rook, not, why do I keep calling him Rook? That's not even a name in this book. I don't know why this Rock. is a thing for me. Rock, Rock just like goes to floats. Um, but, like, when he walks in, like, all eyes are kind of on him. Like, the band, like, announces he's there. Yeah. Well, because um, Melanie is on stage singing and playing mm-hmm. with the band. And he's there because he wants to get something to eat. And so he feels all awkward. And then TJ suddenly is being really nice to him. And yeah. He like, sees, TJ's like, I'm sorry I was such a dick last night. And in my head, I'm like, you were a dick last night. Uh, Yeah. Like, you couldn't even say hello. You haven't seen your brother in five years, and you can't even say hello. Okay. Just lay into him? Yeah. Okay. Um, so he sees some friends from childhood, Sean and Gretchen, who can fuck all the way we off. Will, we'll get to Gretchen in the future. But it's also, like, they're, like, childhood friends that he hasn't been close to, but it just seemed weird when they were, like, we all tried to come and visit you when you were in the hospital, but, like, they wouldn't let us in. And you're, like, none of you seem that close. Yeah. Like, at no point is he reaching out, trying to engage with any of them. The only time that he ever engages with them is if he happens to be in person in the same space. Right. So I'm very confused as, like, why they, like, talk about them as if they're, like, these, like... Besties for life. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, RK gets his takeout to go. He picks it up and then falls asleep and then wakes up to find Mel- Melanie in his room again. And then she's like, I moved into your house from across the street from my house when your dad got sick two years ago. To take care of to him take while care he of was him. dying. And you're like, wait, what? So you've just been living in this house. And then RK like loses it and screams at her and then is kissing her. And then Melanie is like, if you close your eyes, I'm her. Which is gross and weird. Like, and then she started to, like, suck his dick. And then he's like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, he's like, if Melissa is looking down on me right now, I do not want her to see this. Right, and he's like, sorry, like, you're not the one I love. But then, plot twist, she's like, I am the one you love. I'm not Mel. I'm Missy. And he's like, fuck all the way off. No, you're not. Get out of my house. And kicks her out while she's naked, basically. What a day that was <laughs> all around. Like, honestly, like, if we, like, if we, we could keep going, but, like, we could stop and just process that there. Where I'm I like, can't. what is even happening? Nothing and everything. Like, 
his brother is being a dick, not being a dick. He runs into old, some old friends. He gets some takeout. He goes home. His ex is like, I've been living in your house for the last two years because I was taking care of your dying father. Also, I'm not Melanie. I'm Melissa. I'm Missy. I'm the twin you are in love with. Yep. And she keeps saying it over and over. And he's like, get the fuck out. This is the most fucked up thing you've ever done to me. I hate you. You've always lied to me. And she's like, no, seriously, come on now. Like, it's me. And he's like, no, it's not. Which also, like, it's, he's been home for a minute. They've already engaged in some sexual stuff. Yeah. And all of the comments she made were saying. That she's Melanie. That, yeah. And that Melissa's dead. Yeah. Okay, so fuck it. So he <laughs> passes out. Whatever. We we uh, we can't figure out the mysteries of this book. He he passes out, wakes up the next morning, like someone trying to like kick in his front door yeah. and finds it to be Jace, his manager. Who then- And TJ. And TJ. But then like they're making comments like, we told her not to say a word to you. Like, I think Jay showed up and said that, and, like, TJ yeah. showed up. Like, she's a lying cunt, and it's like, what? Right. And then all of the random hometown friends show up. Show up. Including Gretchen. And Yeah, including Gretchen, who, <sighs> she's in school to be an LMFT, and she- thinks- Licensed marriage and family therapist. <laughs> Thank you, You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but you know what she's not? No. She's not an LMFT yet. She's still in school and hasn't done any sort of residency program or associate license program or whatever the fuck you call it in whatever state you live in. But all I'm saying is she is not equipped to be a fully licensed therapist. And shouldn't be touching any of this because they're her personal friends, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Honestly, I love when personal friends come to me and ask for shit. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. That would be an ethical violation. Unfortunately, ethically, I can't help you, but I can provide you with some referrals. Thanks. Bye. Right. Or I'm going to sit there and eat my popcorn and tell them exactly what I think. And be like, thank (laughs) God this isn't therapy. So I can tell you my exact thoughts. But then, yes. So like everyone shows up and then everyone is like, no, Mel was telling the truth. She's not Mel. She is, in fact, Missy. Yeah. And he's like, she has fooled everyone. Like, this is not Missy. This is Melanie. I don't believe it. And then he's like, maybe I do. And she's like, please give us a chance. And he's like, okay, let's do it because I'm going to prove that you are Melanie. None of it makes any sense, (laughs) y'all. Like, no matter which way you slice it, we can't make it better. Because then after this whole revelation, the next scene starts. RK is back in his car, waking up in the fucking ENT parking lot. Wearing rock climbing gear. Wearing rock climbing gear. And then the ENT, like, looks at him and he's like, yeah, you're fine. But you really need to go up and upstairs and see Margie, the licensed psychologist. Psychologist. Um. And, but it's like, it's one of those things where he's like, we've never met before. Like, I've never seen her before. And then she is sitting there being like, we went over this years ago. Mel died. And then tells him he has selective dissociative amnesia. Which, uh, 
it's just not. That's not going to be the first poor diagnosis <laughs> given in the. Well, no, it is the first. It's not going to be the last poor diagnosis <laughs> given in this It's not going to be the book. last. Because, and then she keeps saying he's experiencing dissociative fugue states where he apparently goes rock climbing. Well, we'll learn more about those. I, but it is one of those where you're like, this isn't a thing. Like he blacks out and wakes up in rock climbing gear because she does tell him, she's like, there's pictures all over Facebook of you rock climbing with your fans. And so like she like pulls up all, all of these pictures and shows them. But then he's like, wait, do I only black out from Mel's memories when I try and remember what happened on prom night? Who knows? It's a mystery. <laughs> y'all, y'all. I'm, I'm George Washington done with this book. <laughs> <laughs> that is where I'm at right now. Props for that. Thank and you. we're nowhere near done, so you no. better keep going. <coughs> Woo. We buckling in for this. So, um... He leaves the therapist after she's, like, telling him he has selective dissociative amnesia and then gets back to his house, and all of the friends are there. Again, all of these, like, childhood friends. And then everyone is, like, once again saying, no, Mel really was pretending to be Missy because Gretchen had a master plan. The the girl who's in school to potentially be a therapist had a plan to have Missy pretend to be Mel? Yeah, to, like, stage some kind of intervention or something to see if he would remember. (coughs) He clearly did not. No, he failed that test. He failed that test real bad. Yeah. Um, So... Then he goes to sit alone with his piano and ponder his thoughts and starts playing this nine-minute piano ballad, a la Constantine, um, that he had performed at Mel's funeral. A.K.A. Missy's funeral. Missy's funeral. That he wrote for his dead childhood love. Whichever one she was. Whatever. <laughs> we are so apathetic. So, but like, as he's sitting at the piano playing this nine-minute ballad, he looks out the window, and Missy's just standing there sobbing, watching him. And so then he like opens the door and brings her in when he's done playing. And then he's like, "Wait," he's like, "Did you tell your sister to break up with me on prom night? If it wasn't you, did you tell your sister to break up with me on prom night?" And she's like, N- "No." Okay, but she says no, but then she's also like, I didn't, but we were going different places. Yeah. Like, her tone is very much like, I might not have been the one to initially pull the trigger, but, But like... The trigger was there, and my finger was on it. Yes. Like, my sister just tripped and pulled the trigger, (laughs) but, like, I had it fully locked and loaded beforehand. So she's like, we were going different places, But then starts trying to explain Mel's behavior. Yeah. Um, Well, and she also says, like, so apparently Rock never wanted to be a rock star. He mm, wanted to go to school for music and just do music and live a quiet life. She wanted to be a rock star. She did not want to go to school. And so that's why they were going different directions. Also, I don't think we ever mentioned they are 
across the street neighbors and their dads were best friends. And we're also in a rock band together. Who were like a one-hit wonder yes. kind of band But they continued to write and sell their songs to other bands. But none of that matters in light none of Mel's of childhood schizophrenia. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so you have Missy being like, Mel was your girlfriend at least half the time. She was sick. And he's like, fuck off. And she's like, no, seriously, she was sick. It was this childhood schizophrenia. And she starts describing like the first time they switched places, they were six years old. And Melanie woke up one day and said, I'm Missy, you're Melanie. Let's see if we can fool the adults and like made it a game. And... Melissa felt like it was just a game. Like, this is so bad that Chelsea is just dying. Like, she's just coughing because she is ready to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's so unnecessarily dramatic. I have a tickle in my throat that I can't seem to get rid of no matter how hard I try. Do you have a larynx fracture? I do. I'm pretty much RK. (laughs) This book was based off of my life. And Andrew McMahon. Right, me and something corporate inspired <laughs> this book. So uh, she is like explaining essentially sociopathic behavior from Melanie. Well, but also don't forget that she like starts telling him this stuff and she's like, no, she had childhood schizophrenia. Then he gets all pissed and he leaves and goes to like the next town over to go to a bar. Oh, right, right, right. And so, then he just like wanted to go sulk alone. So I want to pause for a moment because we are not describing the symptoms of childhood schizophrenia. Not at all. Anyone who has ever heard of the DSM can probably tell you this is not what childhood schizophrenia looks like. No. First of all, childhood schizophrenia is extremely rare extremely rare. And when it happens, it is not like literal sociopathic behavior. Yes. Like the way they're describing it in this book is like a manipulative six-year-old who intentionally takes over her, her twin's personality. Yeah. And then just continues to do it for the next 12 years. That is not childhood schizophrenia. Childhood schizophrenia is like, you know, having hallucinations. Yeah, I I, I, uh, I think we can leave it there on the childhood schizophrenia because it really it does hurts hurt. me. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? Because we sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right, I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. So RK goes to out of town to another bar so he can sulk alone. But then like everyone shows up at the bar to make sure he's okay. TJ, Gretchen, and Missy all show up. Yes. And then Missy's like, I just want the car ride back to the house to explain. Can you just give me the car ride home? Which is three hours. 
damn, was it really three hours? Yeah, he drove a long ass way. I I knew it was out of the county. I don't think I realized it was that far. Yeah. Whatever. The, no, what it a weird matter. book. <laughs> and so this is <laughs> technically this drive is where they start to explain that like the that Mel started taking over Missy's life when she was like six. Um, but then we also learn that on prom night, Mel pushed Missy and locked her into the like bath, like their basement bathroom. Yeah. And like knocked her out. Like didn't just push her, but like pushed her. She hit her head. She and I was think I wrote out. punched, not pushed. Well, it but doesn't matter. It's very small font. Ultimately, I, it doesn't matter <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter. Regardless, it does not. Missy was knocked out. Melanie locked her up in the basement. Their dads, both RK's dad and Mel and Missy's dad, were away out of town. And so Missy wakes up. She's banging on the door, trying to get out, screaming, but nobody can hear her. And Melanie put on Missy's prom dress and all of her jewelry and stuff um, to go to prom with Rock. And, like, we also learned that, like, Missy didn't fuck with Mel, like, taking over her life. So, like, she, like, cut all of her hair off. And then Mel pitched a fit until their dad took both of them to the salon. And then, like, they had matching haircuts again. Yeah. So there's just, like, a lot of, like, okay, essentially, I mean, we've probably explained this enough. Mel's a psychopath. We understand, but we also don't. We also don't know if his current girlfriend love interest is Mel or Melissa, right? Um. So then, what? Oh, so then the next morning, Missy gets up for work, and she is a server at Floats TJ's right. bar for brunch on the weekends. So the night before, Rock agreed to let her stay at his house. So she sleeps in his bed, and he sleeps on the couch. So she gets up for work at like five o'clock in the morning and goes into the kitchen and he wakes up and she's like, you should come with me. And he's like, mm, no. And she's like, no, seriously, like, come with me. Well, so she's like, come with me. And then when he finally caves, he's like, okay, well, I need to like go find some new clothes. And I think this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire book oh, God. because he goes to change clothes and his manager, Jace, had sent all of his stuff. And so he's, like, going through the boxes and sees one labeled gear, and it's rock climbing gear. Then he's like, I don't want Missy looking into this. So he tapes the box back up and puts a label on it that just says secret. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Has anyone ever seen a box labeled <laughs> secret and not been like, that's the one I am immediately fucking up? That's the one that you write like bathroom or clothes or something on that you don't want people going into. What you don't write is secret or kitchen because people are going to go into shit that says kitchen because I need kitchen stuff or secret because I want to know what's in there. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if you really wanted it to be a secret, you screwed the pooch on this one. That is not how you go about. <laughs> like, also, he labeled it secret RK. So it's not even someone else's secret. It is clearly only his secret. <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like we really missed an opportunity here, but whatever. <sighs> so they, they go to brunch at Floats. And I don't know, his relationship with his brother, TJ, is really weird. weird. I never really get it. But a waitress comes up to him 
and has a ticket stub for a show from Boston from the previous year. And it's like, oh my gosh, could you please sign this ticket stub? I was at this show and it would mean a lot to me. And the, TJ sees this happening and it's his waitress. And he's like, no, I've told all of the staff not to harass my brother, not to bother him. And gets like super pissed at the waitress. Right. And her name is Alice. He's like, Alice, get away from him. Yes. And so RK is like, okay, I was just trying to be polite. I'm going to bounce now. Like, I do not care. Yeah. Um, And then they get home from brunch. I don't know. Am I missing something there? I mean, he goes out to help the guys who are working the dock because Floats is on the lake. Um, And so he goes out to help the guys who are working the dock and... To get prepared for the... Music festival season. I'm I'm still not quite sure what's happening. Yeah, something there's like, like a, that. A a pre festival party. Yeah. Then there's I don't know if it's like a music festival. I'm still not really fully understanding. Again, but it doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> Rook goes. Not Rook. Damn it. <laughs> Holy shit. Rock goes and, and is helping, and then Missy is done with her brunch shift, and they go back to the house. Yeah, and then they shower together, and then they reminisce, and then they go back to floats. Yeah, but they don't bang, and they're just in the shower, like, bathing each other. And then she's like, you should come to floats tonight. I'm playing. And he's like, bet, let's do this. And then, like, at floats that night, also, they have not had these conversations. Like, he's saying to people, he's like, I'm I'm here to support my future wife. And, like, then... Does he pull her into the break room? Is that what it is? Does that happen then? I think it does happen then. So he watches her on stage. There's a lot of security. There's a lot of sheriffs, deputies, and people around for security. He's like, you guys, there's like 35 people who live in this town. You can probably calm down. But And we never understand why there are so many of them. Well, later, I guess we do. But presently, we do not. And so he's watching her on stage, and he's like, holy shit, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen. And he's drinking um, a lot. And then he pulls her away, and she takes him into the employee break room, and they bang. Yeah. And then he tells her he loves her and comes inside of her. Yeah. And he is like, how could I have ever doubted that this was Missy? Obviously, this is Missy. I'm also like, was it just having your dick in her that made you convinced? Well, and the thing is, they never had sex when they were teenagers. He never banged her before. So their first bang was that hate fuck when he got home. Where she was pretending to be her dead twin? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot here. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he... They fuck. He comes inside her, tells her he loves her. But unfortunately, the next morning, yet again, he wakes up in the ENT parking lot. (laughs) Yes. And once again, he's wearing rock climbing gear. He lost a whole day. So that was Saturday night. It's now Monday morning. He lost all of Sunday. And then the ENT was like, I'm not seeing you go straight to the therapist or something like that. So he goes and he's talking to the therapist. And then Margie... Is having none of it. She is having not a single bit of it. She's over it. Well, and here's the frustrating thing. She's over it, but in a way where, like, she knows all of the details and he doesn't. And I'm like, hey, maybe if you just, like, clued him in on some shit, this would be a lot easier. But she does not. But she She starts, like, talking about the night that Mel died. 
And she's like, no, we talked about this the night that Mel died. Like, we talked. And then he, like, she's like, why do you think you survived the crash? And she didn't. Do you remember it? And he's like, I don't. And she's like, well, then you need to go to the library and look up the articles. Right. Like, she's like, you're not trying hard enough. You need to be an active participant in your recovery. You need to go figure this out. I'm not having this conversation again. You are not allowed to come back here without an appointment. Which, but, like, also kind of fuck her. Yes, like, he is showing up without an appointment, but at the same time, I was like, you know all of these details, and you just keep telling him, like, you need to go answer the Trolls Riddles 3 and, like, (laughs) get your answers. And I'm just like, we are not setting him up for success while getting really pissed off at him for not doing this. Lord of the Rings. The man is ill. You just told him he's having dissociative fugue states. And we're not going to help him or give him any howl Like, Jesus Christ. No, we're going to send him to the fucking library. <laughs> well, and so here's my thing. He goes to the library and is talking to the librarian. is like, hey, I'd really love to see the news articles from, like, the days because after. Because the library the is closed that day. But the librarian is there prepping for some reading program. Honestly, the could not have even told you the library was closed. I did not give a shit. Well, so I remember that because he's like smushing his face into the window to try to see if he can get in. And the librarian is like, oh, hello. Margie said you would stop by. No, I honestly, I remember that part because I remember thinking when he goes into the library and starts looking through everything, then the librarian comes up to him and is like, hey, just want to let you know Margie called and checked in with the sheriff for you. And I'm like, so his therapist is just calling everyone in town with updates, which is quite literally not how HIPAA works. No. At all. Not even a little bit. And so, I don't know. That really rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, this book is not painting therapists in a positive light and we try really hard to not be these people. But also, she's not actively treating him. The man has clearly not signed an informed consent. He's just shown up at her office (laughs) twice. And she's been like, I know secrets about your past. Go find them. And then he's like, can I have some help? And she's like, don't come back without an appointment and a trip to the library. And I'm still so confused by (laughs) it. She's like, um, I could help you right now. But instead, I would like to encourage you to go on a scavenger hunt. So he is looking at this news article and like, and he keeps in his head every time he reads it, it says Melissa Vetti died from, and it's like blurry and he can't read it. Yeah. And so he has to ask the librarian, he's like, what does this say? And she's like, it says Melanie. Yeah. And which gives the impression that apparently Christ and everybody in this county knows that this poor man is experiencing some kind of weird trauma response delusion situation and is just chilling about it. Like everyone is in on this weird town secret, but then yes. they, but it also feels like they're very quick to get pissed off at him. And I'm like, I don't know what you want from this man, but you are not setting him up for success. <laughs> so he leaves the library. She gives him a printout of the article because yeah, so he's he like, I can't read it. this right yes, now. Very important piece. And then he drives back to his house and the sheriff is there. Yep. And the sheriff is, like, pissed that he'd escaped their lookouts. I don't know. Yeah, apparently the sheriffs have been, like, chilling on their street 
to keep an eye out and he mm-hmm. somehow is getting past them. And they're like, how did you get to your car at floats? Because Gretchen had given him a ride home oh, that night. I, yeah. Cause I'd had so much to drink. That right. Is fair. And then RK is like, I repelled off the cliff behind my house that I'd installed some anchors in my second day home. And you're like, what the fuck? And he's like, in my heart, I knew it to be true. Yeah, he's like, I had no idea how I knew that happened, but I knew in my heart it was true. And I'm like, this feels like something you should know if you're installing anchors into a cliff. Feels unsafe. So you can rappel down it. So he rappelled down the rock face, hiked to his vehicle in town, and then drove to the ENT slash therapist office and fell asleep in his truck in the parking lot. But doesn't remember the entire day. Chelsea literally just twitched. <laughs> she literally just twitched. Did when I? I, said that. I really. I don't think I realized, <laughs> but you're not wrong at all. <clears throat> well, so then, like the sheriff is laying into him, and then while he was out, Missy found his rock climbing gear. Yeah, she's like, "The fuck is this?" And then he's like, "Now's a good time to tell you I've been blacking out in rock climbing when I do." And he's like, "Suddenly, I know the names of all of." These pieces of equipment. Okay. Right. And then, so from there, we suddenly jump to, like, them talking about the news article that he brought home. And so he, like, says he read an article. And this is where we actually find out Mel died by suicide. Yes. And it was not a car it accident. It was not a car accident. So Rock was not responsible for her death. She died by suicide, and he finally remembers her jumping from the cliff. Yes, and there's a lot of detail. Is this where he has the whole flashback? I could not fucking tell you. I skimmed it. Well, regardless, he has a whole flashback at some point. I'm going to assume it's here, where he remembers— driving, like, he remembers prom. She didn't want to dance with him. She was being really weird all night. And he was like, what is going on? And she is basically breaking up with him. And he's like, what is happening? She's like, I'm not sleeping with you tonight. And he's like, I've been waiting for this for years. You think that that's going to make a difference to me? Like, I just want to spend time with you. Like, why are you being like this? And she grabs the wheel while they're on this very treacherous road and nearly takes them off. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, pull over, pull over. I want to drive, pull over. She's like, you're drunk. He's like, I had literally two drinks over six hours. Can you calm the fuck down? And the answer is no, she cannot. She's like, I will do it again unless you pull over. And so he pulls over at this little turnout, like turn off, point on the road and she gets out and he's suddenly like, you're not Missy, you're Melanie. And she's like, no, I'm Melanie. I'm Melanie. And oh yeah, no, I'm Missy. I'm Missy. (laughs) And then he, she gets up onto the guardrail, like standing on the guardrail where there's like 150 foot drop And a cop pulls up and is coming towards them. And she's like, she's like, he's like, this is obviously Melanie. Like, please get down. Please get down. And she's like, say my name. I'm Missy. I'm Missy. Won't you feel terrible when you realize that I was Missy? And he's like, was? Um, excuse me? Past tense? Pardon me? Um, and so he's like, Missy, okay, just please come down. Like, he's trying to talk her down off this guardrail. 
And she's like, um, basically, you did this. You killed me. I'm Missy. And then jumps. <laughs> it's not funny. I mean, it is funny, but it's, I mean, come on, y'all. But it's also like, damn, this whole book. So then flashback to the present. Yeah. And he is asking Missy to, like, come out to L.A. with him. Yeah. And it's been this weird thing because, like, she was the one who had the dream of being a rock star. And he was the one who went and lived that dream. And But then, like, you can't tell. You're like, does she want that life? Does she not want that life? What does she want? Because... Honestly, then they just had a weird fight. I don't really get it, nor do I care to get it. And then she was like, you need to go finish the funeral song. Yeah. Which is like, I'm not coming with you to L.A. Like, that's not, you're just running away. I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. But so the nine-minute song that he had performed at Mel's funeral had previously been leaked yeah. Um, which we then find out his dad was the one who had recorded it and leaked it. But yeah. it's one of those songs that he'd never played again. And everyone is always chanting and everyone is always wanting him to perform the song. Right. Because it never had a name. Um, and Melanie, or Melanie fucking A, Missy was like, you need to finish it. I think it's really important. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and so she, he's like, I, I don't. The piano's out of tune. I can't do it. And she's like, well, lucky for you, this whole recording studio in did your you, dad's basement. Did you forget about your dad's recording studio? So and he had. He had. And she had fully stocked it with food and stuff for him to go down there. That's not what you stock a music studio in a house with when you just have a kitchen. Just walk upstairs. All I'm saying is, <laughs> then he's like, I wouldn't, like... He just, like, doesn't sleep and has a manic episode and finishes the song. And yeah. then you realize he's, like, been up for, like, two, two days. days. Um. So then he's, like, you need to come hear the song and then plays it for her. And then he's, like, no. Well, like, I want to record another version with Kenner in the future, but, like, you're the only one who will ever hear this version. And, and then deletes it. it. I'm, like, what is even the point of this this side thing that's going on? So then we move forward to... The preseason party for whatever mm-hmm. has been going on. The preseason party is at Flips, and it's a ticketed event. And Rock is kind of like, why is it a ticketed event? Why is it a big deal? And then Missy kind of discloses it's so they could have a roster for the sake of security because there are threats being made against Rock. To know, like, who yes. is there, like, who's coming in. And this is just for the bands who are going to be performing at this festival and, like, the people who are working it and the staff. And that's it. It's supposed to be there. Correct. And then Rock is trying to ask his brother, TJ, about Kenner. Yeah. And realizing, like, his brother kind of keeps pushing it off. And then Rock kind of starts to realize he's like, wait, I'm not the one who's not willing to talk about my accident with my bandmates. It's like no one else is willing to talk about yeah. the TJ's accident like, with my we'll bandmates. talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Not tonight, man. Like, just enjoy yourself. Not tonight. And this is a Wednesday, which does wind up being relevant. Because then 
He takes Missy home and they bang again. No. No? Not yet. Oh, We've for missed fuck's sake. Oh, 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 I forgot. Yeah. yeah. So as the party goes on and he's drinking more, he like goes to the bathroom and comes out and runs into a waitress, the same waitress who had asked him to sign her ticket stub from the show in Boston. Alice. Alice. And she's like a huge fan and has all of the most recent episodes of like Metal Notes magazine but all of the recent articles are like where is rock like yeah he's he's been on the cover for like three months and he's like what the hell yes and he like has no idea what's going on and then she also pulls out like a bunch of ticket stubs as well yeah then alice the waitress is like asking for these autographs and she's looking at him and she's like do you even remember me don't you remember don't you remember remember? and then tj shows up and he's like what the fuck alice we've talked about this like stop fangirling over my brother you're fired um, so then TJ drives Rock and Missy home that yes. night. He was their designated driver. But then Missy starts, like, asking him about his rock climbing triggers and blackouts and whatever. Right. She's like, are you going to black out tonight? You do it every time you drink. And he's like, no, I don't think it's related to drinking. I drank a lot when I was in L.A. And she's like, you never blacked out in L.A.? And he's like, no. I'm lying about that. He doesn't say that out loud, but he's like, that's not true. But he's like, no, of course not. So then TJ takes them home and they bone. But then the next day, Rock wakes up in in a hospital. Yes. And this very nice nurse, whose name is also Alice, this elderly woman, is like... Who seems to not have any fucks to give about HIPAA. Yeah, HIPAA is not a thing in this book. It is not. That's fair. This is a world where HIPAA does not exist. She's like, I looked up all the information on your friend, Kenner. Here's what I know. Well, and she's like, he was here and then he was transferred to a high security facility because of the threats being made. And then he was kind of like, like, Rock is like, wait, what threats? And then Alice is like, oh, wait, you don't remember? I thought you'd remembered everything. It, yeah. I, I didn't know you hadn't remembered or I wouldn't have said anything. So I can't say anything more. And then you're like, Why? what the fuck? Yeah. She's like, he was life lighted from Big Bear in California. And he's like, California? What the fuck are you talking about? Right. But then Alice, the nurse, does tell him that someone had smashed his throat in with a blunt object. Yeah. And his bandmates were shot and killed. They were not killed in a car accident. Yes. And Kenner was also shot a few times and his arms were broken also with a blunt object. Yes. But then the nurse is like saying to Rock, she's like, you know who it was, but you made yourself forget. So like, then suddenly you're like, oh shit, the killer's still out there. He didn't, he's not. Oh no. Like you, like this book has gone from him being responsible for the death of like everyone to him being responsible for the death of no one. But people still treating him like a social pariah for (laughs) causing everyone's death. Yes. I don't know. Maybe that's how I interpreted that. But I do feel like I'm like, everyone's kind of a dick to him considering it seems as though he hasn't really done much of anything. Yes. And then he is walking out of the hospital and he's like, holy shit, I'm bait. That's why all these cops have been following me. That's why all the extra security, I'm bait to see if the killer is going to show back up. I'm bait. Yep. And so then he drives home. Yeah. So he realizes he's bait and then he gets home and then 
Does he read the articles about him? I don't know. I, honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he, he does. He does read the articles, but they're not super helpful. Yeah, they aren't super helpful. He's just like getting more questions and answers. Like we are reading this book. And then <laughs> he gets home and realizes Melissa Missy is gone. She is missing. Like and missing, missing, actually gone. And like everybody's there. TJ, the brother, Jace, the manager, Gretchen, the friend, all the cops, everybody is there. And TJ punches him in the face and is like, where is she? You did this. Just like you killed your band. I know that you did this. Where is she? Tell me where she is. I really don't fuck with TJ this entire He's a time. dick. And he also, this isn't really relevant, but apparently he was in the military and was deployed several times and like, is like an ultra badass or something. I don't know. So, and apparently he's going to run for mayor at some point in the future. Whatever. Yeah, so, but he's not going to be a good mayor if he lacks impulse control of this capacity. But <laughs> so he like is all upset with Rock and being like, she's the reason, like you're the reason she's gone and you're the reason she's missing. And then he pulls Rock into the Vetty house. So like Missy's house, she grew up in across the street from Rock's house. And there's like a full stalker murder wall yeah. with tons of photos of them. Mm-hmm. And it says like, Lying bitch and spray paint on the wall. There's all these creepy, like, long-distance photos of Mel or Missy changing and naked in the shower and all of this stuff. And he is like, I didn't do this. Like, this wasn't, this wasn't me. And TJ's like, you're a fuck face. It was you. Where the fuck is she? And Rock is like, where is Kenner? Well, no. So then the sheriffs are like, hey, TJ, we were on him this entire time he's at the hospital. It was not him. We have been on him this entire time. Right. And so then TJ's like, well, who hates you enough to kidnap your girlfriend? And then Rock is like, whoever killed my bandmates. But then TJ's like, you killed your bandmates. (laughs) And I'm like, really? Because I I don't think he fucking did. I don't think you're giving your brother any credit. He smashed his own throat with a blunt object. Of course, as we all have. So then they're like, hey, Kenner is actually across the street waiting for you to talk. Right. Back at like Rock's house, he's waiting. Kenner also knows who did it, but he won't talk until he talks to you. So Rock goes over to his house. He sees Kenner. They have a little moment of Well, like, and then they're also like, we need to go someplace private in your house to talk because they found, like, the sheriff's found cameras in every yeah. room of your house. She's been watching you this whole time. Yeah, and you're like, she's, like, you're just hearing, like, she's been watching this whole time and, like, your girlfriend is dead if we do this wrong. But you're like, who is she? <laughs> who is she? We really still don't know. And so- then they're like, we we don't have much time or she'll kill her like she killed us. Yeah. Like they're banned. So then Rock kill, kicks everybody out of the house and they go down into the basement recording area so they can talk. And Kenner shows him all these photos of him with this very beautiful, gorgeous, blonde girl rock climbing and spending all this time with her. And he's like, hold the fucking phone. What? Well, and so what we learn and what we realize is like, oh, this hot blonde who he's rock climbing with in all of these photos is 
Alice the Waitress. Oh, no. Shit. No one, and by no one, I mean everyone, saw that coming. So, like, in this flashback and everything that's, like, kind of being pieced together, Alice had, like, they had met, I think she had initially met Kenner rock climbing and built trust and, like, had started to meet the other people in the band. And then Alice was the one who actually started giving rock opiates yes. and yeah. pills and like it kept escalating then everyone else to in the heroin band, to heroin <laughs> escalated yeah. to heroin escalated to heroin casual Ivy heroin have a great day so then everyone in the band <sighs> was like Alice is bad news bears and we should do something about that so then the band forced Rock into rehab essentially to like protect him and get him away from Alice this crazy chick this crazy chick but then Alice showed up in Big Bear and just killed the entire band. Yeah. Am I missing something? I feel like that's about how it went. Yeah. So we have like a little bit of a flashback where Rock starts to remember what happened. And it's like the doorbell rang. Mo answered the door and is immediately like shot in the head. One of the other guys is like covered in his blood and stuff. And then he gets shot and then she shoots somebody else and everybody's just in shock, like standing there, like what the fuck is happening? And then, um, rock remembers that he, um, tried to stop her. It didn't work. She tried to shoot Kenner. She did shoot him a couple of times and then she turned to rock and went to shoot him in the head, but she was out of bullets. And so it, was empty. So that's when she pulled out the baton and beat him in the throat with it and then turned around and beat Kenner with it because he was dying. Rock thought he was dead because he'd already been shot. But he started screaming when his arms were just horribly crushed. And so he's like, at least he's alive. And then um, they start hearing sirens Alice turns around, stomps on his throat one last time. He blacks out and she disappears. This is so much. <laughs> oh my God. So <sighs> then back to the present, we're piecing all of this together. And then we find out Alex has been like cryptically texting Kenner over yep. the past few days. Essentially like a poem or lyrics or something. Of her. It sounded like she was writing her own fucking haikus. Like, <laughs> there was nothing. I was like, I don't think these are lyrics. I think this is just, like, her own doing. But then as Rock is reading through the haikus, poems, whatever, lyrics that she had been texting Kenner, he realizes that she has, that Alice has kidnapped Missy mm-hmm. and taken her to the place of Missy and Rock's first kiss. Which is a waterfall that is about two miles away from his home. With a cliff. Obviously. Yes. there You can't have a waterfall without a cliff, you know? Correct. Um, so, I mean, great news, guys. That second day he was home, and I think what might have been a fugue state, he, in, he installed those, like, anchor bolts for, <laughs> for, rock r- for rock climbing and rappelling. So he's like, all right. Kenner, let's grab our fucking guns and rappel down this mountain and, and at go this save point, my women. Woman, not women. No, he doesn't want the other <laughs> ones. So then TJ shows up and is banging on the door of the basement and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Where the fuck are you? Like, we don't have time for this. Missy is in I danger. Don't fuck with TJ. Blah, 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 blah. 
And Rock is like, listen, he is starting to remember he needs 10 minutes. I don't remember. He remembers. We need 10 minutes so that he can have a moment and get himself together so he can tell us what the fuck is going on. And TJ is like, bet 10 minutes I'm timing you. Don't fuck with me. And Rock is like, 10 minutes will be enough time to gather our rock climbing gear. (laughs) And our rifles. And rappel down the mountain. And so they do. Yeah, so then they just, just, like, run into the woods with their weapons. I just, like... So, no, that's that's the right response, Hannah. They get... (laughs) Y'all, I have to sneeze, and it's one of those where, like, I don't know if it's going to be better or worse if I, like... Do you have those moments where, like, I didn't sneeze, but it's ultimately so unfulfilling? Yes. Okay, I'm having one of those moments. (coughs) So, they get to the waterfall. Yeah. And... They find, like, they, they look up, and, like, a hundred feet up, there's a port ledge tent. Because Alice is a pro-ass rock climber doing yeah. all of this on her own while also carrying a body of a grown-ass woman. Yeah. So somehow she gets an unconscious, I'm assuming, Missy, up the mountain into this, or up the cliff into this portalage tent. So Rock, they start to hear the cops and TJ and all these people on dirt bikes and stuff in the woods. And they're like, we got to do this fast because if they show up, like Alice is going to just kill Missy. Like this is going to be real fucked. So we got to do this fast. Kenner, you stay in the woods, stay like, I need you to cover me. I'm going to go out there. And so... He goes out. Y'all, just like, do you even want to hear the end? (laughs) Yeah, so let's see how we can best summarize this in the quickest way we can summarize it. Um, Alice finally sees that Rock has gotten there. She cuts one of the tethers to the portal edge tent. Yeah. Um, Rock's trying to talk her down. Like, I'm here for you. I love you. But then he's like, you she insists that he needs to climb up. Then he's like, a free climb of 100 feet up is a little bit dangerous. I'm like, no shit, my guy. And so- Go into a fugue. Then it'll be fine. Apparently, he's at his best with rock climbing when he does not remember these instances and just wakes up in rock climbing gear. So he climbs up. And then, honestly, I don't remember. I don't really care to remember. Somehow, he gets Alice out of the tent- well, I think she was already out. She I think she was just after, like, like trying to cut right the tether. Next to it. Yeah. And then he managed to like get the upper hand. So like she falls a hundred feet. Well, no. So so they start struggling. Honestly, Hannah, I don't care. I just listened to this. So he shoots at her, she shoots at him. It's a whole thing. They both drop their guns. She tries to come at him with the knife that she's using to cut the tent down. And then her head explodes on the side of the mountain because Kenner shot her from the ground. You're not wrong. I think I was thinking of then when her body fell to the ground and then Kenner went back up to her body and then shot her in the face multiple times. So many times. He was real mad. So Kenner is like, cut her body down, cut her body down. It's weighing down the tent, like blah, 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 blah. So Rock does that. And then, yeah, Kenner shoots her a lot of times. he saves Melissa. Yeah. He gets her strapped to him. No one gives a shit about the details. No, Like, there's so many details. And I'm like, and honestly, the details get a little too heavy into rock climbing gear where I'm like, I don't care to envision this (laughs) further than I currently am. I learned the the word portalage 
and I didn't want to. Honestly, I've always thought portalage like tents were super dope. I mean, it's super cool. I'm all, I, it's very I'd, be, interesting. I'd be very scared to stay in one. I wouldn't want to do that. No, that wasn't the terminology that bothered me. So that just makes me think of. <laughs> so at work recently, one of my coworkers showed up wearing two different shoes. Okay. They were they were like knee-high boots. And she apparently oh, different knee-high boots. Different knee-high boots. She had gotten dressed in the dark. And one of them was like a solid black. And one of them was black and then had like a brown cuff at the top. Yep. Very different boots. Like the build of the boots, totally different. She didn't notice until a patient pointed it out to her. And she was like, shit. Okay. So she just had to go through the whole day wearing two different shoes. And she and I were in the nurse's station talking to the nurses. And she's like, I just feel like a fucking idiot wearing two different shoes. And one of the medical assistants was like, no, listen, listen, okay? Like, this is a statement. It's like an asymmetrical top. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are starting a trend. And she is hyping my coworker up so hard. She's like, this is like, you do you. Like, nobody cares. Like, this is awesome. You do your thing. And then she's like, I mean, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That's how I feel about portalage tents. Like, I will hype it all day. I wouldn't do that. No, such a story. I'm sorry. It's just what I thought of. <laughs> I was like, I think for the longest time, I was like, where is this going to connect? Where is this going to connect? And then honestly, like it felt like the punchline landed. And I was like, I still don't know where this connected. And then I was like, oh, portalage tents. I forgot. I forgot about them along this journey. I just want to see how many times we can say the word portalage. It's so many syllables. Yeah. So essentially, Rock saves Missy. From the portalage, 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 portalage <laughs> tent, um, they make it down the mountain without dying or being crashed into rocks. He makes her like a makeshift harness because he's a pro rock climber that he didn't remember being. Um, yep. And then they live, and then the epilogue, he's like, I. So the epilogue, they go to the opening festival like two or three days later. Yes, and I Kenner about plays that and TJ plays and Missy plays and Rock plays the song. Right? Oh, I was it the song? I never They I was, play something. I don't fucking yes, know. So Missy had already been like headlining this festival. And then as a surprise. Yeah. Rock and Kenner and TJ all came out. And then Kenner was really nervous because he's like, what if I suck? And then Rock was like, it doesn't matter. Just us being out here saying we survived, saying like they won't get us down. Like that's the win in itself. So like he's like, I could sound horrible because of my broken throat. You could sound (laughs) horrible because of your broken hands trying to be a drummer. But like people will still love us because we are out here trying. Right. And so- they go on the stage and they perform. I was not under the impression it was the nine-minute song, but I did it wonder. It doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter, nor does it really clarify. Um, but then in the they go back to the studio in the basement of Rock's house, and it's like him and Missy. And then he's like, 
Did you think that version was the final version of the song? That's not your song. I wrote you a different song. And she's like, when did you write me a different song? And he's like, today while I was on stage, it just came to me. It's a different song. And she's like, oh, well, like, what's the name of this song? The Fuck Me song. And he's like, the, the Will You Be With Me Forever song? The Will You Marry Me song? And she's like, what? <gasps> what? And then he's like, so what's your response? And she's like, the the yes song. Or I don't know, some shit. The absolutely song. And Something stupid like that's that. That's how it ends. And here's the thing, y'all. There are so many re- reviews on the line on Goodreads that are like, this is such an epic love story. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm still not convinced it's not the evil twin. If I'm being completely <laughs> honest, I think this might still be Mel in her final power move. That would be very Verity. Oh, Verity. Yes, that would be a Verity move. We we should review that at some point. It would be very Colleen Hoover. It would be very Colleen Hoover to yeah. you. And we do love Colleen Hoover. But yes, the the way this ended was one of those where I'm like, what? I feel as though we tried to wrap up everything, but like, here's the thing. They make casual reference to the fugue states he was having when he was living in California. And I'm like, so no one is fucking concerned about this kid having regular fugue states. Right. This 23-year-old kid. Like, this should be a bigger concern. I'm concerned. And then for for Missy to be like, you are husband material. Like they went from zero to reconciled so, so fast. Yeah. Like it really felt as if they had very few conversations. She just has a bomb ass pussy. Like he got in it and was like, I need to lock that down. And that was it. Okay, so here's my question. <laughs> What's our rating scale? Twins? Oh. How many twins? No. No twins. I can't. How many fugue states? How many fugue states? <laughs> how many carabiners? How many, how many HIPAA violations? <laughs> yes. <laughs> how many HIPAA violations? <laughs> like, other people don't care about HIPAA violations. We should choose something more, more general. More inclusive. Yeah. Um, Well, the other thing that bothers me about this is if he is truly a person in recovery from opiates, the amount that he's drinking is highly concerning. Okay, I felt that the entire time, but then I also feel like throughout the book we realized they were never concerned about the opiate use. They just wanted him away from crazy Alice. Right. So I don't know if he was an addict so much as he was casually using opiates. And then physically dependent. Regardless... You, like, ugh. I I just. Okay, so why don't we rate it by the number of carabiners? Yes. I do think that is the of safest. Carabiners. Out of how many? Well, they're small. <laughs> but, out of 10? But they hold a lot of weight. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. So out of 10? <laughs> I'm so yeah, ready to be done with this. Dead. I can't. Um, yeah, I'm going to go four carabiners. That's generous. <laughs> I was going to say three. I think I was, I think I was at like 3.25 and politely rounding up. <laughs> so I think we really gave it the same review yeah, if we're being we'll honest. just settle on three. Um, so... 
I love to review books that we hate. I also love to review books that we love. So we do need to- We need to re- sprinkle in more that we enjoy because this was not enjoyable. This was painful. Even on my first read through, I am not gonna lie. I committed one of the worst sins that a reader can commit. Uh-huh. About like halfway through, I was like, I cannot and read like the last two chapters. <gasps> I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. What? Because I was like, what you you're, the fuck? you mean to tell me I sat through the full version of this shit twice, <laughs> and I had the option to sneak to the the audacity? No, the audacity was you telling me to read this fucking book. I think I said, "You want a train wreck?" <laughs> like I don't think I ever went into this book giving it like a favorable review. But that said, we do have several like several books that we've recently talked about that we want to review that are super fun that do not crush our souls <laughs> the way this one did. So join us for those as well. Um, you should also read this and let us know your thoughts because maybe we're missing something. Maybe we're just judgmental assholes. In fact, not maybe. We are judgmental assholes. I I will say, in all fairness, this book has everything. You know, it has everything. We have identical twins. We have childhood schizophrenia. We have dissociative fugue states. We We have have, rock stars, rock climbing. We have rock stars, rock climbing. We have stalkers. We do. We have murderers. We have countywide conspiracies. We do. Like, we really cover so much ground in this book. Yeah. And yet cover no ground in this book. If anything, we lose ground. Yeah, I'm giving up ground. <laughs> Every time I read this one, I'm like, we are falling further behind. Yeah. Um, but read it. Form your own opinions. Let us know what they are. We'd love to hear them. So thanks so much for joining us and can't wait to catch you next time. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Next week on Smut Club. They decide they need to eat. All she has is pizza rolls. And there, there's a lot of detail about these pizza rolls. And for some reason, that really stuck with me. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, make, he's organizing them on the cookie sheet. That like, yeah, yeah. And then it's, like, like, so descriptive of, like, taking a bite of the pizza roll. I'm like, okay, Jesus Christ. Like, we've all had a pizza roll. Like, everybody has been high at some point in college and eaten a pizza roll. We understand the experience. Not just college. (laughs) I was trying to be discreet. You're like, no, Chelsea, this book is all predicated on what happened in college for them. So that's what we're focusing on for all of us, too. No one has ever smoked weed outside. Smoking? Smoking? I hate myself for that one. Holy shit. I said it. I was like, that is not, damn it. That is. We're doing really well with our words today, and I feel like it bodes well. (laughs) Well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you, because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.